0: Welcome everyone to the latest in our series of our FX podcasts. Pleased to be joined today by our economist Sandra Horsfield and as ever our trader Chris Brand. Hey guys, Um, I'll open up, it's Jonathan Pryor here from from the FX team. Um, I'll open up and talk a little bit about what we're hearing from our clients at the start of 2021. And Interestingly, going to talk a bit about supply, the supply chain as opposed to direct currencies, because from a corporate perspective, we are definitely encountering that despite the challenges of the pandemic, it appears that there's just as much uh, obstacle and challenge when it comes to the supply chain as there is demand. I think unsurprisingly, there has been repercussions from Brexit and the administrative burden that our clients are feeling around actually importing and exporting their goods um which which certainly feels like it's caught a few off guard and, and it certainly feels like the administrative burden is is slightly uh, greater than many of our clients envisaged and that's keeping them very busy um but the the other one that that is on the lips of, of all of our clients is what's going on with shipping costs and and freight in general with many clients having to endure the price of a container going from one or two thousand dollars in the last quarter of last year, to now more like ten to twelve thousand dollars per container and, and the reason i 'm talking about this is that this has major re, re, major repercussions for their currency management. what we 're hearing from clients and what we 're seeing from clients is that the immediate consequence of that is that they're having to reorganize their cash flows and start to think about how can they um, roll and um, manage their actual deliveries because, quite simply, freight is not coming through from China. Um, the second part of that is with what's going on and the tensions and the obstacles in the supply chain, when it comes to forecasting, it's that much more difficult. So typically at this time of year, we would be busy engaging with our clients around what they're going to be doing throughout the year with sensible hedge ratios and amounts they're going to, to hedge or with, with what product and what balance in their portfolio. Whereas this time, quite honestly, you know, on top of the challenges of the pandemic, on top of the challenges of Brexit, it's, uh, it, it appears very difficult for clients to um, plot out how much currency they're going to need and when. Now, now, thankfully, for many of our importers, 2021 has started with a pretty buoyant sterling, as we'll go on to in a minute with Sandra and Chris, um, both against the euro and the dollar. But the major challenge at the moment, actually, for our clients is how can they go and take advantage of that when there is so much uncertainty in their business, in the economy and in their supply chain? And I would probably finish off by saying that I think that's hopefully where we can continue to add a lot of value, because what we wouldn't want our clients to think is that they simply have to stand back and not protect. Um, There are still a range of solutions and approaches that you can take to ensure that the underlying protection is there for your business but you can add a tad more flexibility so that you're not hamstrung um, or obliged to buy a certain amount of currency on a certain rate. Um, but look, that's, that's the backdrop for our clients at the moment. As I say, the good news for many of those clients, certainly the importers, is that the pound has got off to a good start. And I'll hand over to Sandra to give a bit of a bit of a backdrop to the economic outlook to that before we move on to, uh, to, to say hello to Chris. So, so, Sandra, over to you.
1: Thank you very much, Jonathan. Um, Just to pick up on the point of uncertainty that you mentioned, um, I think today clearly the main event has been the Bank of England and they have very much stressed that uncertainty is still um with us and uh, very much a feature of the economic outlook. On the other hand, uh, what they also um, stressed overall is that the picture does look more optimistic now than it did um, at the time when they were putting the November forecast together. It's not so much a statement about the near term. Um, They do expect that um, the first quarter of this year will be a tough one with a decline in output. That's not surprising, of course, in light of the uh, social restrictions we're having in place. But they do think that overall the uh, recovery um, is likely to come as a result of uh, vaccination programmes making good progress. and. Overall, that's leading to an easing in social restrictions as we progress through the year. So, the general sense is that uh, we should get a somewhat more compressed uh, phase of weakness and then a more compressed phase of recovery than we had beforehand. That leaves the bank thinking that inflation risks actually by 2024 are reasonably balanced and that the inflation rate could be reasonably close to target. So, that has been taken by markets as a pretty hawkish message. Um, we've seen that in the currency markets um, and we've seen that in bond markets as well um, where there has been uh, quite a reaction to that. On top of that the bank um, has pointed out a few changes um, to its technical toolkit um, that is um, liking to think about One is the issue of negative rates. Of course, that had occupied uh, minds for a long time now. Um, As the bank has said, it has concluded now the consultation with the commercial banks that had been underway beforehand. And the outcome of that was that, yes, negative rate is something it would like to add theoretically to its toolkit, but it's not a straightforward um, thing for many um, banks to implement. And so, although they would like banks to make preparations in terms of the technical side to allow this, Um, they don't expect um, this to be done within the next six months. So in a way, the bank has ruled out negative rates being used at all um, for a further six months minimum. But they've also stressed that this is not something they're envisaging using at all really as part of their, their toolkit for the time being. It wasn't meant as a signal that this is or where the bank of England policy rate is headed. That of course fits with our view, which is that in our baseline case, interest rates are on hold um, at a small positive rate, of course, of 0.1% for both this year and next year. Shipping costs, incidentally, was also something that they touched upon. So the bank is aware that um, there are some inflationary pressures that aren't just all to the downside due to the pandemic, but also coming from the upside. So that's clearly one, one to watch to what extent that, that translates further. Um, next week, in that regards, um, for the overall picture of pressures and price pressures and how the economy develops, we have q4 gdp numbers due in the uk those will be interesting to watch um, to see where they shape up at the moment we think um, we might get a decent positive quarterly number for q4 perhaps 0.9 percent or so which would mean that even with a q1 fall in gdp we would avoid that double dip recession um, that had been um, a concern previously elsewhere in the world in the us we have um some numbers out this week that are payrolls figures. Of course, the labor market in the US has been a particular um, concern for some time and the amount of spending power that this generates for households. In December, we had some very weak numbers. We had a drop in employment of 140,000 with leisure and hospitality jobs uh, taking the biggest hit. For January, we think that there should be some rebound, but probably only a moderate one um or 50,000 or so, there could be those some stronger numbers, given that a, um, a ADP report, which precedes these figures, um, had sh- indicated some stronger numbers and also jobless claims have inched down some more. The main focus, though, in the US will be very much still on the fiscal package proposed by the Biden administration. He, of course, would like to add a further $1.9 trillion stimulus um, to what there is um, in general. There is some openness to work together with um, the Republican side, probably mainly via amendments um, in terms of bipartisan approach. On the whole, though, he is quite uh, making it quite clear that he's happy to push the package through, um, even through using the very narrow majority that they have um, in the Senate unilaterally, if needs be. Other focus um, recently, of course, um, in Italy, we had more wrangling over the state of the government there. Um, Mario Draghi, the former ECB president, has been invited to form a new government there. Um, the consultations on that, whether he will succeed or not, um, will end on Saturday. So that's one to watch. Of course, we've seen quite some reaction in markets, um, especially in bond markets, to that recently, where Italian yields had spiked but then come down as this uh, Draghi potential administration was announced. So that's, that's one to watch to see whether there's some further volatility coming or not.
0: Sandra, thank you so much. I think that, as to many of the points you allude to, it all of a sudden feels like the stars may be aligning somewhat for sterling this year, particularly against the backdrop as actually, I guess, some of our. Of our peers having certain challenges when it comes to currency against, you know, with in the US with the the fiscal and monetary policy plans, and in Europe with some of the, you know, as, as we've we've come to expect over the years, some of the political wrangling. Chris, I guess over to you because it'd be great. I think it'd be great for our clients to understand, you know, what's your what's your view? How are you guys positioned into this? And and maybe actually, if there is this increasing view of sterling is only going to go one way this year. Um, what are the risks to that? Because at the moment, it does, it does feel very positive all of a sudden.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, the Bank of England was a big focus and the negative rate story has been uh, playing on the market for quite some time. I think if you look at Sterling at the start of this week, it's kind of drifted lower um, in the lead up to the Bank of England. But to be honest, I think that was more of a dollar move than a Sterling move as we pushed lower. Um, what we saw, we saw the dollar index break a long-term trend channel And uh, move up higher so we've seen some um, overall dollar buying across the market and that was really what was pushing sterling um, to its lows and obviously the Bank of England today is a a bit of a game changer I think what it has done is put back any expectations of a rate cut till February 22 so the overall view in the market is negative rates aren't gonna happen anytime soon at all And that's been reflected in the move higher we've seen today. It's gone from around 135.60 to um, around 137. So that's a rise of about 1% um, just on the Bank of England headlines. So um, it does feel like we might be finding a little bit of a base towards 135 in cable. Um, We do have some support levels there. We've got a 50-day moving average coming in at 135.45. And we've got a trend support coming in at one thirty-five. So it does feel we maybe have a little base in the pound for a little while. Um, But we do need to be aware of this dollar move. And if this dollar index continues to um, push higher, we need to factor that in for the next uh, lot of movements.
0: Thanks, Chris. As always, loads going on. It's been a really interesting start to the year. But I don't think we underestimate how challenging it's been for, for our clients, not only trying to navigate currency markets as always, but just with what's going on in there in their businesses and in their lives so um, everyone keep safe please let us know if there's anything we can help with in terms of the the issues and the matters that came up today and we'll look forward to speaking to you all soon